the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is. The head cheese meister. It's woo, Spud, Spud Goodman. Greetings, Ender Ola. My name is Spud. Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> <Bud> man. <laughs> Welcome to what I like to call my very own vessel to communicate with the world. I do not take lightly that I've been afforded this platform to speak my mind, as without it, this show, it, or my mind, would just go sit there, you know, unused, and as everyone knows, it's a terrible thing to waste. So the next 58 and a half minutes are my contribution to everyone now listening. So uh, let's get this thing started here, and uh, I'll introduce our show's designated laugher, Maya and Dorothy. Give us a decent chuckle. Uh, no, very well. Here goes... <laughs> Well, yeah, you uh-huh. know, taking into account you're volunteering your time here and not getting paid, that, that wasn't bad. Oh, boy. Uh, I know some might say the obvious, that, that one gets what one pays for, but I prefer to just say thank you for your contributions to the show, Aunt Dorothy, as I, I know it's a challenging job. Oh, thank you. I do get a bit resentful when others feel my job is so darn easy. It's not that easy. I get it, I get it. And now I'm contractually obligated to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. This is your moment to shine, so don't blow it. Uh, think think about your response before you go and say something stupid. So, you know, something that could damage this episode so badly, you know, it would be best if it were like bulky raced on the spot to pr- protect innocent <laughs> and, you know, and, and the uh, unprotected ears. Uh, are you prepared to say something now that will not cause undue damage to our show? It's going to have to be brief, very brief. What do you have to say? Geez, that, that, that's a lot of pressure on me to say the right thing. I, I don't feel comfortable shouldering that kind of pressure. Uh, are, now listen, are you saying if up. I utter the wrong words in your estimation, the show could be erased from existence after we're done? Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Maybe, maybe not. You know, that, that is a distinct possibility, so choose your words carefully. <sighs> okay then. Happy to be here, Spud. Uh, good choice of words, but maybe a few too many. Oh. But now moving on, I was thinking of a topic that, you know, many of our listeners, or for our younger listeners, maybe their parents, are now dealing with. This is something I've given some thought to. I think there are a ton of books on this topic around, but the ones that I've skimmed don't address the real concerns that come with this, with this oh, issue. Oh, are you referring to premature ejaculation, Spud? You know, that can be medically treated. With today's advances in research, I just don't see that as an issue that should concern people these days. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Uh, No, that was not what I was going to bring up, Aunt Dorothy. Uh, The topic I'm referring to, I think, is in that psychological disorder category, but it's it's very normal to go through. You know, if I may interject, Spud, 
What you consider normal behavior is often well outside the bounds of what society feels is okay. Like, are, are you talking about being diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic? Here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. Is this something that is new in your life, or is it a condition that you've battled over the years and I was not aware no, of it? No, I am not a paranoid schizophrenic, uh, you know, no. at least as far as I know. I wanted to bring up a trap that I and others, I am sure, have fallen into. I call it a, a later-in-life crisis. It, it can cause you to do some goofy things for sure. Yes! Well, I'm certain you already went through a midlife crisis in your late 30s. Right, I, we're both aware of that. Yeah, it, yeah. it did come on a bit early for yeah. you. Most deal with this in their 40s. I know. And I'm hoping you're not accurate in your self-diagnosis of this later-in-life crisis thing, as that midlife crisis drove everyone around you crazy. Which is why I'm bringing this up now. I, I'm in hopes that those around me and our listeners will both support me and, and try to you know be understanding of my... Uh, you know, uh, erratic behavior, and, and maybe, you know, give me a do-over if I cross a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now that you've mentioned it, I have noticed you behaving erratically these last few months. Uh, not so much on the air, but at other times. Uh, didn't you make an obscene gesture with your hand at our executive producer last week during our staff meeting? Because uh, I was shocked to see it. And it's a good thing she wasn't looking when you stood up and did it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I only do that normally sitting down when she's looking away. Are you, are you, did she see me flip her off? Because I... I don't know, I just felt this rage come over me when she brought up, you know, the staff making a mess of our restrooms. Our restroom, it's only, yeah, anyway, that's another topic. She was looking directly at me when she said it. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Well, you do tend to leave it, let's say, uh, in disarray. And, and you're right, it's a single bisexual bathroom, and you always leave the seat Bisexual. Up. Listen, that's a no-no in my home. You know, you just can't seem to remember basic bathroom courtesy, Spud. Your mom would continue to remind you about this. I, myself, am yeah. very annoyed whenever you've just used the restroom and I, after too many big gulp Mountain Dews, have to pee. How tough is it to put the seat down? And well, maybe not leave the water running in the sink when you're done, too. Okay, but, you know, when people are near the bathroom door, I, I have to leave the water on, you know, to cover the sound of me peeing, you know, and, and sometimes I just forget to turn off the faucet when I'm done. But anyway, this doesn't have anything to do with a later-in-life crisis. No, no I'm, I'm thinking this, let's, let's just call this a phase and, and could be caused by maybe overactive hormones. And it only makes common sense. You, well, you mean you're going through the change of life? I don't know what the hell is going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. You know, my wife's mother went through that, and yes, it did make everyone around her miserable. Well, that, that's not what I'm referring to. The, those kind of hormones, you know, do, you know, cause some women to do some goofy stuff, but hey. not the same kind of goofy stuff men do when, when they're going through what I'm talking about. Like, women don't go out and buy, like, a top-of-the-line skateboard for 850 bucks. You know, or, or sign up for, you know, like a uh, like this secret fight club. I, I just, you know. Oh, really, Spud? You don't know how to skateboard. At least I don't think so. Well, not yet. And you're not that coordinated. And I'd hate to see you try to fight anyone. You can't take a punch. Send Fredo off to do this. Send Fredo off to do that. I can if it's not too hard. 
You know, I, I, anyway, I, I don't know if this later in life crisis, you know, brings with it a death wish, you know, but, you know, because I have plans to take my new board, you know, with state-of-the-art wheels, and boy, were they pricey, uh, you know, to the skate park this weekend and learn how to use it. Oh. That's, that's my plan. Oh. But I, I really hope that you have a helmet or, or body armor. Our littlest one, Dwight, tried to skateboard without our permission once, and he scraped up his knee. Uh, the wife had to treat it with a lot of ointment. It yeah. healed up in a couple of days, but you might not respond as quickly. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Look, I'm not a bleeder, and, and I heal pretty quickly enough. I'm not afraid to die, but just in case, I'm going to say, you know, I, I'm, I, I think I'm going to bring along a couple spotters with me, just you know, just in case I, I'm about to take a spill, that they're, they're right there with me. A good anyway, idea, you uh, know. Right now, though, I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on, all right? Everyone say hello to Future Shock. Attention, attention, please let us have your attention. You are now about to enter another dimension. So open your mind, push reset, and reboot your computer. Hot 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. My name is Craig Ferguson, and I am on Spud's show. Spud? Yeah. With your first guest, Matt Jones, is ready to go on the line. Uh, he sounds familiar. Is he related to Alex Jones, one of my favorite radio talk show hosts? They are complete pathetic maggots! Uh, that would be a no for sure. Oh. Um, Matt, Matt's been on the show before. You should actually listen to the program while you take up valuable space here in the studio. Jeez, Gerald. Matt was a cast member on Breaking Bad. He played Badger. How could you not know who he is? Well, there are so many people named Jones in the world. It's, it's hard to know who's who. He's in the new Netflix Breaking Bad movie. You know, El Camino, uh, among other projects he's involved with. This guy's really busy these days. You know, there you go again with that Breaking Bad show that you always talk about so much. Is it still on TV? As I haven't seen it yet. What's with you, Joha? No, except for the reruns. And that's why people are so pumped for this movie. Very well. Okay, so and it's it's Matt Jones, right? Yes, yeah, just just put him through before he hangs up. But here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor Matt Jones. Okay, like, we're going to talk about your new Netflix movie, El Camino, a film sequel to one of the greatest American dramas ever, Breaking Bad. You know, the world awaits us things, so no pressure, Matt. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it yet, so can you tell us a bit about it? Because pr you're probably under a gag order, right? You can't give out all the important stuff. Yeah, I signed a lot of NDAs. Uh, Netflix, I'm afraid, has snipers hidden in my neighborhood. If yeah. I say anything, they're going to take me out. Also, Vince buries people in the desert, so I don't want to screw with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Breaking Bad is a great series, and the movie is a great movie. That's all I can say. Everybody else is going to watch it. I mean, you're telling anything. You're going to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Duh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, as goofy as Badger was in the AMC series, how how did he ever survive for the sequel? I mean, his death must have been up for discussion a hundred times with Vince, with Vince Gilligan, at, you know, at the writers' meetings over the years. Honestly, they haven't told me how close I was to death. I just know that I I, I survived, which was nice to get to the. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, they killed so many people in the show that they didn't want to kill us too, because they'd be like, "Oh man, the show's depressing enough. Let's have do we have to kill even the." Uh, Jesse's loser family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I obviously, I, I know you can't say, any, you know, if, if Badger bites it in the movie or if Jesse Pinkman, you know, meets the same fate as Walter White. But can you tell us at least if Aaron still says yo a lot? Does he say yo a lot? Um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't actually even, after years of it, I don't even pay it. I don't even notice when he says it. You know what I mean? It's like uh, like being in Texas and people saying y'all. They don't even know they're saying it. I uh, yeah, I have no idea if he says yo. To be honest. Yo yo yo! Jesse Pinkman in the house. God, I sure hope so. That's one of my favorite parts. But okay, all right. Um, well, you know, after this is off the record now. After the show became a major hit, how many meth cooks do you think got their start from their high school chemistry teachers, or, or at least an acid microdose production? Hopefully, not too many. I don't think so. I think uh, after the show got started, uh, um, the, the awareness of us out there was a lot higher. So I think a lot of cops were clamping down. The show was made because 
um, home meth labs were such a thing for so long and nobody talked about it. And uh, finally someone made a show about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, they definitely did. Um, well, let's let's move on to another aspect of your career. You also co-star in the CBS sitcom Bob Hart's Abishola, I believe. Airs Mondays at 8.30, 7.30 yeah. Central. So is the craft services much different on a big network show? Or do, do they have, like, more variety with desserts than at AMC or Pop TV? Uh, yes. <laughs> I was on Mom, which was another Chuck Lorre show for four years, and now I'm on another Chuck Lorre show. And a Chuck Lorre show has the best craft, craft service. It's amazing. It's like being at a Las Vegas hotel every time you get to work. It's ridiculous. Wow. So uh, uh, Breaking Bad had uh, the food was okay. Uh, pop food was horrible. But uh, <laughs> did they have like uh, uh, like so peanuts and stuff? Like a Chuck Lorre show. Did Pop yeah, TV like yeah, yeah carrot? Like, yeah. Pop yeah. TV was like bananas and a granola bar. Wow. Like that was all that was there. And like uh, Chuck Lorre show, there's like shrimp and like uh, oh. pasta. Oh. It, it's insane. It's insane. Okay, all right. Well, you know, on the animated series thing, you have really cranked it up uh, over the last few years. Uh, how many shows have you voiced, like, recently? I mean, do, do, do the voices in your head ever, like, blend together and you just forget your regular voice? Uh, I've been on a lot of cartoons. I, I don't even know how many now. A lot of kids' shows. A uh, bunch of Nickelodeon, um, a, a bunch of Disney. I, uh, I did a, a couple big movies. Yeah, a lot of kid stuff. It's kind of cool because I got a four-year-old and I'm able to be show him stuff. Uh, he doesn't believe me that it's me, but uh, I can show him. Do you like stay in character ever around the house? Because obviously, yeah, you'd be like a super dad, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, I do voices with him a lot. Uh, he, uh, we have little hand puppets and eat horses. I think he likes me when I do voices more than he likes who I really am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't have a have a kid, but I heard that that yeah yeah. All right, uh, Spud. What? If I may, you know, I quite often utilize my God-given skill of imitating voices of cartoon characters around the house with my youngest Dwight. Uh, he gets a real kick out of them as we uh, like hey, to hey, play. Hey Matt, just a sec. I have never heard you do impressions or voices before. Who are we talking about? Well, who, who do you do? Anyone that might be interesting to our listeners? Do someone, you know, just just like, like a couple of words, because I have to get back to Matt. Oh, well, like right now on the air, because I'm, I'm not really prepared oh, oh, to. Oh, Gerald, doing the sounds of a cat or dog is not exactly being a voice actor like Matt. He's very skilled at this. Mrs. Jarvitz, I can do more than a dog or a cat. I also do uh, chipmunks, seagulls, <laughs> and, and and maybe my best impression is of that. Uh, Geico Gecko from the TV commercials. You know, he has a clear Australian drawl like uh, like, like this. Geico will beat any price quote. Uh, that doesn't sound like that Gecko on those Geico yeah, commercials. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a really horrible uh, crocodile, crocodile Dundee, whatever that dude's name was. Uh, uh, you're horrible at voices. I got, I got, hey, I've returned that. Well, you know, on this show, we're discussing the topic of a midlife crisis, or in my case, a later in life crisis. Have you or someone you know, have they ever gone through one of those? They can be a bit embarrassing, I'm told. Uh, 100%. I'm divorced. I've seen it pretty directly. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think everybody has to go through that at some point in life. You know, some people go through it at 25, some people 45. 
basically, uh, I think everybody lives like three lives. And I think I'm in my second stage. I have no idea. Uh, go to therapy. I think it works. Well, I, okay, I wrote that down. I right, posted here. All right, super. <laughs> well, all right, let me close with this uh, because improv's played a big part in your career. So let's do a little word association thing. Please respond with the first sure. first word that comes to mind when I when I say, first of all, and these all three things, I guess, have something to do with you, uh, comedy. Um, laughter. All right. Uh, marriage. Um... Uh, but try again. <laughs> yeah, that worked for me. I kept kept trying that. Kept you know you know kept keep you know I get staying in the game. I guess that's maybe that's the way to say. It. All right. Um, lastly, uh, this has been a part of of, of your career, and uh, I know it's an interest. Music. Oh, um, first love. Yeah. Um, I if I was not doing this, I'd be doing music. But nobody makes money doing music anymore. So uh, I'm on TV. All right, yeah, all right, well said. Okay, well, I know you got tons of stuff going on, so let me rewind, remind everyone that El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, is now streaming on Netflix, so people need to check it out. It's on my list for tonight. Um, thanks a bunch for coming back on our show. Thanks, guys. All right, Mr. Matt Jones. This is a Spud Goodman Show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. Hey, uh, Spud, our show's resident sex therapist, Christine Gregson, is holding on the line. Good, for put you. her through because I have some stuff I, I need to talk to her about. Oh, okay, here she is. Please greet our show's resident sex therapist. Ms. Christine Gregson. Uh, like she has a blog uh, titled uh, Your Sex Life. It's on that internet uh, web thingy. Uh, hey, we appreciate you calling in. Hey, Spud. I'm enjoying our conversations. Some of my peers have even listened to our segments, and they've said they're pretty entertaining. Uh, that's really? nice to hear. Are you, are, you, are you just fooling with me? Are, seriously, that's what they've said? No, seriously. All right, all right. You know, entertaining is one of the nicest words I've ever heard about our show, if they really actually said that. Um... Hey, but we're, we're, we're running a little bit behind right now, so i got to get into this, so I'm just going to just do it. Um, the topic I wanted to discuss with you, and maybe something you've you've heard from other clients in therapy, or, or maybe not, uh, I just know it's something that I have dealt with since I was a teenager. Are we talking about dysfunctional behavior? Anything specific that I can address? Um, yeah, I guess. I, that's why I'm bringing it up. I'm, specifically, I'm talking about bodily fluids that are around during sex. You know, I've, I've never felt comfortable feeling damp except swimming or in the shower. Feeling liquids on me at other times just creeps me out. You know, there I said it. It's, yeah, I said it. You're referring to hygrophobia. It's a fear of moisture, Hygro liquids, and dampness. Yes, hygrophobia. Okay. It's not a common condition, but it's not unheard of either. All right. I've had a couple of clients over the years who've mentioned this is an issue in their love life, but they were women. Okay. I've never heard of men expressing this concern. Hmm. Well, I, I guess it's my inner female coming out, so to speak, you know. But is it an incurable condition or is there like hope for me? I'm not I'm not going to lie. It's caused some issues with the women in my life. Like, you know, hey, it hasn't gone over real well. I mean, I think I think most of them have felt offended that that I would be repulsed by, you know, natural bodily fluids from the both of us. And I can understand well, where they're coming from. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. 
Do you experience negative feelings when you blow your nose or if you cry during a sad movie? Um, no. I, I never thought about those fluids before. And I've, I, I've never really blown my nose or cried during sex. You know, not with like real tears, not like heavy tears. Um, now you just put those thoughts into my head and the next time I get a cold, you know, I'm probably going to have a meltdown. That, that, that little question did not help out here. Spud. Yes? This is a very inappropriate topic to be discussing on the show. I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable here. I, or, or uh, my wife Rachel and I, would never bring up such an issue. My gosh, bodily fluids? Really? Uh, Christine, just, just a moment. Okay, all right. They're a natural part of life, man, okay? My issue is not being freaked out by them, okay? I think it goes way back to my bedwetting problem. That's what I'm trying to deal with. Yeah, but that, that was so many years ago. I doubt that a problem experienced as an infant would still be with you. Well, I initially got a handle on the bedwetting in, like, in my late 20s. Oh. It, it, it was mostly about not drinking beer after 10 p.m. It, it hardly ever happens these days right now. But there's no denying that things can get damp while one has sexual relations. And I need to overcome this fear. Just let me finish up with Christine. I, I, I still want to get some help with this. Is you know, the, there are things that I'm that that I do, you know, to try to stay dry in the bedroom, and, and it's kind of impacting my supply of partners who are return customers, are willing to be return customers. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I think so. I think so. Yeah. You want to get beyond this so that you can find a partner who will have sex with you a second time, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, covering myself and the bed in saran wrap strategically is apparently not a sexual, you know, a visual that is sexually, just say, appealing to my partners. No, I would venture a guess only someone who you were extremely close to, like a life partner, yeah. would be willing to include I'd such like extreme one of conditions in your lovemaking oh, sessions. Lo- life, yeah, life partner is exactly what would be, that would really come in handy. So I, I don't have someone like that right now in my life. I'm... I'm just going to have to get a handle on this soon. As I can't afford to lose any more potential, you know, life partners and or girlfriends. It's It's been one and done mostly, I'll be honest with you. Well, I've read that there's a medication for this condition. I just Googled it on my phone while you were talking. R- really? And no. I, you, you just looked at your phone yeah. during this conversation with me personally. <laughs> kind of hurts my feelings. No, you know? no, I'm not. I'm trying to help here. And I found that this medication can be prescribed. And, of course, there's always the option of hypnotherapy. Uh, well, I can't take any more pills than I'm taking right now. And, and no way I'm going to let someone hypnotize me. I've, I've thought about that, but I just I just can't go there. But, you know, hey, they're, they're telling me that we're out of time here. But, uh, you know, you've given me a lot of things to think about. Um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, okay? All right. There you have it. All right. There you have it. Our our resident sex therapist, Ms. Christine Gregson. I can no longer sit back and allow communist subversion and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Hello, people. This is the Spud Goodman Show. We're shotgun kitchen. Doing a sound check. We have a vocal check. 
Kristen. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Spud, yes. you know, now that you've brought up this topic on the show, I feel comfortable in disclosing on the air my own concerns about, uh, as you call it, a later-in-life crisis. I I've been waiting for the right moment to confront you about this stage that you're in, and I, I don't think I'm alone. Mrs. Jarvitz, as his aunt, do you want to add to this conversation? Uh, do you share my concerns about Spud's self-destructive behavior? Well, really, Spud has displayed this self-destructive behavior since birth. Uh -huh. I think I he is, as usual, being a bit dramatic about this stage in life. It's clear to me, Spud, that you are struggling with your own mortality. You may say you're not afraid to die, but you don't fool me. We all have a shelf life, so no need to overthink it. Just kick back and relax. I drank beer with my friends. I liked beer. I still like beer. Oh, well, sure, I'd like to live until I'm 150, but I'll be cool with, say, 110 or so. Could I broach the subject of the women you've been dating these days, or at least the ones that I've seen with you here in the studio? How should I say it? Well, they look really young. Most of them look like they're in college. That's so hot. So? Look, I would never date an undergraduate student. I, I only date those in grad school. Yeah. It's on my Tinder filter. I, I do not rob the cradle, dude. But some of them appear to be in their first semester of grad school, if you ask me. Truth isn't truth. Guys, I'm not dumb. I know that I only have maybe another year or so before no woman at any age will go out with me. I can feel the skin on my face deteriorating. That's like going bad as I speak, and, and of course, my earlobes and nose hair are growing by the minute, too. Uh, I'm just trying to compete in the dating marketplace w while I can, and I admit, dating younger women does give me, you know, a, a fleeting sense that, that I, I maybe could live forever, and I know I'm fooling myself, but, you know, it gets me out of bed each morning, at least so far, uh, recently, anyway. Well, truth be told, I I'm much more attracted to women my own age but they never respond to my online dating site profiles. I mean, younger women seem to be more open to, to flawed products. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. Well, it just seems to me you're making a bad situation worse by your current dating life. And also, the fact that you've told me that you're only sleeping two or three hours a night. Spud, yeah. that could have a serious impact on your emotional well-being. You know, I, I myself try to get at least 10 to... 11 hours of good <laughs> sleep every night. That's almost half your day. Who, who takes out the trash or, or vacuums at your house? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Why would you worry about that, as I have never seen you do those tasks? Well... And you really need to tidy up your apartment, Spud. Uh, okay. It's become a safety hazard. Yeah, I have a to-do list on the fridge I plan to get to in the near future. You know, once I get a handle on this hopefully temporary funk I'm in, you know, I do plan on focusing on day-to-day -day chores. Right now, I, I just don't feel like it. Good call, yo. You know, in life, we all have to do things we don't feel like doing. On, on many occasions, I've had to conjure up the strength to fold the laundry, clean out the cat box, and, and for sure, I don't enjoy getting up 
up on a ladder and dealing with the gutters each fall, but somehow I find the focus and determination to do so. Um, um, you suck! You want a medal for cleaning out your gutters? No, no. I'm not angling for a medal, but it can be frightening up on a ladder. Have you ever been up on a ladder? Listen, living in an apartment, Spud, shields you from all these dangerous activities. You know, for the sake of my family, I put my life on the line on a regular basis. Are you saying apartment dwellers are are, are like cowards? You dick! You just offended millions no. of people around the world. Okay, I never used the word coward. Well, it's, yeah. I didn't did. say, well, no. It's just that some of us are forced to take risks in our daily lives, and it would be nice if it was recognized. That's all. Yeah, okay. Thank you for your service. And now please zip it as I have to do the musical guest interview. Okay? Oh, right, yeah. My favorite part of the show. All right. Welcome back to our program, The Spud Goodman Show, Future Shock. All right. Now, I need to inform our listeners that you guys are kind of anonymous, wearing masks at all times, and I'm supposed to ask musical guests to give us their names and at least like their blood types. Can you give us a hint on who you guys are? I am uh, Ray Gunn. My name is Doc Shock, or the Doctor. And I'm Space Thunder. Oh, all right, all right. Well, I used to think you guys had like a stage persona. I'm going to share something. Right? It's a story, personal story with you guys. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought I thought you guys were like real humans off stage, but I caught a show of yours at a bar, and you both stayed. The two of you guys stayed in character afterwards, using a straw, you know, for get your cocktails through your masks. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, and then, back then those masks had like really long beaks, like yeah. really sharp. Um, how did you guys, or did you shower with that, or did you, and I gotta ask you a personal <laughs> thing on your sex life thing, how did you ever involve yourselves in foreplay? The beats, uh, the beats stayed the on at all times. You could put an eye out of your lovers. <laughs> and, and as you can imagine, the women love being tickled. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna leave that alone then. But um, I, I like their new masks now. I think they light up. They're, I like them. Yeah, they are pretty impressive. Yeah. They um, well, a light. Yeah. Well, on your first appearance on our show uh, a few years ago, I asked you guys to describe your sound it's very unique uh for the current times are you retro or totally futuristic i think we're a little bit of both actually yeah a little bit of both a little bit of yesterday today and the future we like to call it new wave funk or afro new wave all right i like that um well should your fans feel comfortable making uh personal contact with you guys because like would would it be cool for them to invite you guys over for like dinner or for like a backyard barbecue do you yes you go out in public we would love that we would love to be invited to dinner to your wedding uh to your bar mitzvah yeah we like steak and lobster super we have high-end taste Um, okay that's good to know um, well, what's the ultimate mission statement of Future Shock? Uh, what are we talking? World domination? That's usually... That is correct, sir. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a cliche answer, but yes. it fits Nailed for it. you guys. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. Okay. Yes. Well, what the heck is the name of the next song, and what's it about? The next song is called Control, Shift, Delete. And it's pretty self-explanatory. Surprise. Surprise. Control you to your hypnotize. 
Hello, this is Emo Phillips, and you, through no fault of your own, are listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Spud. Yes. Your next guest, Crispin Glover, is waiting to speak with you. Now, he is the guest that you had a difficult time controlling in the interview last time he was on the show, right? I think that this is your way of telling me something. 
Uh, you were here in the studio, too, when he was on. I, I am a fan of his, but, you know, he is tough to keep on track. Yeah. He, he has information he wants to get out, which I understand, but it's, it's tough to get a question in. Oh, I love Crispin, too. He's a great guest. And I don't think he was as difficult as Suzanne Summers was. Right, yeah, At least not. with Crispin, you got in like one and a half questions when he was on. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's no Suzanne Summers for sure. But he, he had such an interesting, you know, life. He has an interesting life. And I just, I don't know, I, I just need to be more assertive and, and get him to answer or, or comment on stuff people want to hear about. Okay, so Spud, would you like me to step in when Crispin starts to get off track? I, that's uh, frankly offensive. No, you know, I am the host, and that's my job. I know. I can do this. Just put him through. I'm ready for him. Uh, All right, but I'm here if you need me. Here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor, director, Crispin Glover. Thanks for checking in with us. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I've been on the show before. uh, Yeah. When I've been uh, touring with my shows and films, I've been at the Northwest Film Store multiple times. Right. Uh, next year, 2020, will be my 15th anniversary of uh, touring with my first film, What Is It? And I was at Northwest Film Forum all those years ago. Right. I've been there, I think, at least three or four times now. And uh, I need to come back up there. Also, next year, 2020, I, I have two films. I've been they're both with what is it and the sequel to it it is fine everything is fine which i started touring with in 2007 i perform a live right. one hour show of two different shows before each one of the films and next year i'm going to have a new movie uh ready which is not part of the trilogy but it's a film that i developed for myself and my father to act in together my father is actor bruce glover right who uh was in films like uh, diamonds are forever and chinatown and my, uh, all of these years, this will be the first time my father and I have ever acted together in a film. All right. Uh, so I've been working on this film for many years, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to starting to show that to people. Uh, but obviously today we're here uh, right. to talk about Lucky Day. That's what I wanted to ask I you. I had a great time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you play a French hitman. Yeah. Did, did, did you draw on anything or anyone for the part? Well, um, I, uh, I'd worked with Roger Avery, uh, who's the writer-director of the film, uh, one time prior to this. Roger, uh, you might know, uh, co-wrote both Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction with yeah. Quentin Tarantino. He I think won I heard the, of those. Uh, yeah, I've heard Academy of those. Award. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. He won the Academy Award uh, for uh, co-writing Pulp Fiction with Quentin Tarantino. And... Um, Roger's directed a number of uh, interesting films on his own. The first time I worked with Roger was on uh, Beowulf. Roger co-wrote Beowulf with Neil Gaiman, who I'm, I'm currently working on right now on American Gods with uh, Neil Gaiman. It's based on his beautiful novel of the same title. And uh, Neil is the uh, executive producer of that film. Right. Uh, Neil and Roger wrote the Beowulf screenplay for Neil to direct. However, Robert Zemeckis, who I worked with um, in Back to the Future, uh, Zemeckis read the screenplay and wanted to direct the film himself. So uh, the screenplay was purchased from Roger. 
Uh, but Zemeckis said to uh, Roger that uh, he wanted to cast uh, people that uh, that uh, Roger and Neil wanted to play the parts, and I was uh, the person uh, they wanted to play um, Grendel. Spud, I I think it's happening again. I you're know. you're in the process of losing control of this interview, just just like you did with Suzanne Summers. Do well. you? Do you want my help in steering this thing back on track so you can get a question in? No. Hey, hey, Crispin, uh, just a sec. I think I think I still have time to regain control of this, okay? I just uh. need to be more assertive, like I said before. Uh, so, uh, I just got to get in a couple, couple questions that I prepared, so anyway. Oh, he really is a fascinating guy. I know it's emasculating for you as a talk show host, to lose control of an interview with a guest. Yeah, but at sorta. least Crispin has a lot of interesting tidbits from the film industry that he shares with us. I know, but there's a question I really want to ask him. So I, I should get back to him right now. Um, all right, sorry about that, Crispin. Uh, let's just pick up where you left off. All right. So I ended up playing Grendel. Now, there had been a lawsuit... Uh, for the sequel to Back to the Future, because the producers had taken the uh, right. uh, molds that were made for my face from the original film for the old age makeup, right. and they made prosthetics to put onto another actor to fool people into believing that I was in the, the sequels, which I was not. There, this, of course, was illegal. Right, and right. there are precedents now because of my lawsuit that to make it so that will not happen again. Well, uh, however, it was always illegal. It was right. something uh, new. Right. Uh, nonetheless, it was very reparative for me personally to have a very... I did have a good experience working with uh, Zemeckis on both the original Back to the Future and on uh, Beowulf. Well, so I got, that, Chrisman, that I got to ask you this. grateful to both Neil and Roger. Right. Yeah. I got to ask you this, well, because you are a film expert. That is a fact. Um, I, this is something I wanted to ask you. Where do you see the future of, of like, major studio films? Because you've worked both inside and outside of the structure. In 20 years, will only Marvel or DC comic book movies be greenlighted? I mean, where, where are we headed? Well... I can, I can see the, the, the concern that that could happen. And, and there, there is corporate um, tyranny, essentially, that, that does envelop our, our media. But there are interesting things that continue to go on. People, people do become aware when we have propaganda like we have going on in our, in our corporate uh, entertainment media. I'm writing a book about this subject matter which will also be ready next year all right uh 2020 i'm gonna have a new film and a new book uh, and it's about this exact subject I, I there are positive aspects that are going on now people become aware of this kind of thing and then they just they get sick of it and uh there's positive something having to do with the internet it it, it makes so that people are able to be publicly analytical about this thing which of course short circuits uh, uh, corporate propaganda people uh, the reason humans have done well is because they're innovative they're intelligent and we've done well okay, to have well. continuing yeah ultimately i mean as a, as a species certainly it's the top predator species in, in a certain way able to change its environment of course that's also causing troubles as well so you know it's a pendulum that swings back and forth Hopefully, the human species will be able to figure out a way to make sure that 
we don't destroy yes. ourselves and yes. the environment. Uh, yes. But but but, uh, and I, I I think there's a self-regulating aspect right now. There's been a, a kind of a corporate tyranny that's very controlling and and uh, infects our uh, our, our uh, entertainment media with propaganda. But propaganda. But I I also see that there's. Uh, an understanding that I don't think would have even happened five, ten, or, or many years ago, where uh, more individualized, uh, specialized projects. There's an understanding that uh, there's mar- a market for this. Uh, right. Unusual projects, because of the internet, are things that can find an audience. So that's that's uh, invigorating for for people like myself that tour with my own shows and films and. Right. You know, it's why I, I make a, take a willing, uh, calculated risk of investing in my own films. I fund my own films right. that I tour with. Right. Uh, with with the, the risk, but knowledge that there will be people that uh, will be able to find out with my social media. People can find out where I'm touring on CrispinGlover.com or Crispin Hellion Glover on uh, Instagram or Crispin Hellion Glover on Facebook. or. All right. Christian Glover on Twitter. These things really, really do help us. Spud, are you you sure you don't want some help with this interview? I have some ideas on how to get a question or two in before this is over. No, I got this. Hey, Crispin, just one more moment. I have one more question. I'm going to ask Crispin, okay? No matter what, uh, I'm going to get this in. Trust me. I hope you aren't going to ask him about that old David Letterman interview. Didn't you ask him that when he was on before? And it didn't go well. Well, he, he sort of answered it. He, he didn't really kick Letterman in the face on his show. I mean, he did, but he missed. But no, no, I, I have a related question on that. So, so everybody zip it and let me finish this thing before I get squeezed for time and can't even get in a thank you. All right, I'm back. All right. L- let me hit you up with the last question because I know you got to go. Your people are telling me you got to sure. go. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's sure. a frivolous question, but David Letterman has a Netflix talk show these days. Would you go on it? Would you, if you, if they asked? I mean, I can't believe it would sure. be ratings gold. <laughs> Absolutely. I, All right. I, 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 All right. Like I said I'm writing a, a book right right now, and uh, uh, there are things that I've I've never really talked about in, in media that I will discuss. In the book, I I, I have I don't have any uh, problem with David Letterman at all. I, I like David Letterman. All right, super. All right, that's for the record. I go on his show. I, but, I, I, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I I know definitely well, you got to go. I, you got to go, man. Uh, I, I'm I telling people, you. I definitely want people to see uh, Lucky Day. Yes. I had a great time playing this character. Roger is a very interesting filmmaker, and there's some real depth to this uh, character. Roger was reflecting on real world. Uh, situations that he'd gone through and uh there's humor in the film but there's depth in the film i I recommend people see it i think people are going to enjoy it and i'm looking forward to seeing what people's reactions to are to it so uh super thank you for having me on i appreciate it i'll check it out thank you very much for coming back on our program okay mr crispin glover As we close this show, you know, looking at my phone, I must say I've received more than a few emails about this topic. Uh, I must not be the only one who has or is going through, you know, this later in life crisis deal. 
but, but it's somewhat disturbing to learn that most of the emails were somewhat rude, suggesting that I just suck it up and, and shut my pie hole, like one, one dude said that. Uh, also, I must add, a, a few seem to insinuate that I am complaining while in essence being entitled to having this platform of being a talk show host. I would like to respond to those who feel I'm speaking from a, a position of privilege. You might not be aware, but I have to pay for my own coffee here in the studio, and also, there's no free parking, so please keep that in mind. Yes! Okay, so I'm picking up that you probably don't want to take a call from a listener right now, then as there's someone on the line, Spud, but I don't want to see you get pushed over the edge for more criticism. Yeah. You know, well. no need for an emotional meltdown here, but... If need be, remember, I stand ready to fill in if you feel it's necessary to step outside the studio to regain your composure. Shut up and dribble. I'm not having a meltdown, and I, I can handle criticism. Just just put the caller through. Hey, whoever you are, you're on the air. Am I on the air? I, I just said you're on the air, dude. Uh, okay, uh, good. So what I wanted to say about this later in life crisis you've been discussing on the show is that yeah, I think yeah. you have it all wrong. Oh, oh fine. Another critic, huh? Oh, okay, tell me how I have it all wrong. I'm just saying that there is no crisis in any stage of life, starting with that so-called midlife crisis. Looking back, I can say that period was the very best experience. I myself really? went through it in my mid-30s, and it led to, yes, some questionable decisions on my part. But boy, did I have some major fun, too. Suck it to me. Uh, caller, I'll be honest. I have never gone through a crisis at any age. So I, I'm not an expert on this topic, but surely you carry some guilt and regret for what I assume were the irresponsible and reckless decisions you made during these troubled times in your life. I, I sure hope you didn't commit any major felonies. Have you ever dated a player? No. I refuse to answer. I've, I've been able to stay on the right side of the law, so no worries there. The risks I took when I hit the magic age of 35 were considerable, but outside of leaving my marriage and my job, oh, I man. committed no irrational acts. My first wife would say now that it was the best decision I could have ever made, as neither one of us were happy. This guy's on a lot and as far as bailing on my job there. as a financial <laughs> analyst at a failing firm, well, it was not my worst move professionally. I can tell you that. Oh, I know all about staying in unhappy marriages. For me, I hung in there for the pets. And when our cat Missy died at age 18, well, I knew it was time to file for divorce. I don't understand. And yeah, you know, I, I had a tough time with marriages myself, you know. I don't, I, but I don't see the upside on this later in life crisis so far. I mean, it, it's way more stressful than, than that midlife one I went through. But why? At your age, who the hell cares what you do? Are you saying that peer or family pressure is the controlling power no, in your I'm not, life? I'm not saying that. That might have had might have had some impact on your midlife version, but now, man, this whole thing is a get out of jail card. Well, the world maybe. is at your beck and call, and you need to grasp the possibilities. But before, I never would have considered getting a mohawk. Some do comment that it looks. A bit extreme on somebody my age, but screw them, man. I don't need their approval. I think I look great. Come on, yo. Well, I'd consider getting a mohawk 
too, but I, I really don't have enough hair to pull it off. It, it would be like a really thin and exceptionally limp mohawk, even like with like a really stiff gel. You yeah, know, the uh, really, really stiff stuff. Again, uh, collar. I just don't get why anyone at any age would feel the need to do such dumb things. No, you bro, ain't got the answers. You ain't got the bro, answers. What do your parents say to you at family gatherings? Well, my parents have passed away. Oh, I'm I have a sister, but she lives in Puerto Vallarta, I think. Uh, we're not that close. Okay, well... Being ostracized by the family is not a concern, nor should it be for others, regardless if their loved ones become judgmental. Okay. We all have only so much time here, so why not just do what makes you happy? It's yeah. really a simple proposition. So what job did you find that works for you? Let me ask you that before I let you go, because I don't have to let you go. Did you do anything interesting, like working at a carnival or maybe something in public service? I'm the Secretary of Energy. We won a contest, got to be a cabinet member. I'm the Secretary well, right, of State. Right now I'm well, in between positions. Uh, actually, I just returned from a six-month tour of America. I just loved seeing our country from a Greyhound bus. It was an amazing experience. Everything but the restroom options were fantastic. I don't know about you or your listeners, but I found it difficult to urinate on a moving bus. It led to some minor yeah. bladder issues. You know, our public sector food critic loves traveling on Greyhounds, too. But anyway, you know, I, I, I can never pee while I'm moving objects myself. You know, uh, well, even if I you know, let the water running in no, the sink. No, no. Well, you've, you've had difficulties with your bathroom are, habits yeah. since birth, really Spud. It was always something. Yeah, yeah. Pressure's horrible. Spud, Spud, I know you'll figure out this whole later-in-life crisis. Don't listen to this caller and feel it's okay to make any more horrible decisions with the exception of possibly leaving your job. Now, maybe for a short time, uh, as I'm more than prepared to step yeah, up yeah, and I've, fill I've in for you, times. as any yeah, good co-host would do. We're coming for you, globalist! Hey, hey, I gotta go, but you, you did provide some comforting feedback, I think. There's gotta be something in there. If I listen to it later, there might have been something of value, so thanks for checking in with us. Uh, are you hanging up on me? I, I yeah. still have some other things to bring up, like well, my experience at Burning Man. Uh, you should go next year. Well, And also, now yeah. that I am free of societal expectations, yeah. I am studying the Church of Santeria. I don't do animal sacrifices, as I am a PETA member, but it's an interesting approach to religion. No Bible stories for you tonight. Yeah, I, I don't buy any church that hurts animals. That is messed up, yo. In no way. Now, now voodoo dolls are okay, I, I, I think. But anyway, later, caller, I gotta go. All right, all right. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Copyright 2019, Spud Goodman Productions.